I now deem the continuing candidate with the highest number of votes, namely Clement Cotton, elected. The cheers that greeted Clem Coughlin's victory for Fianna Fáil and Donegal. But the fact is that from well before all the ballot boxes were even open, it was all over bar the shouting. And now as the analysts look back on the cliffhanger that became a walkover, one of the questions they'll be asking is, how important were the Taoiseach's four weekends in Donegal? He had this to say on his first visit. I regard this by-election as very important. I regard it as important uh, from the national point of view as, because it will uh, afford a, an important section of the Irish voting public an opportunity of uh, endorsing uh, the policies of the government and supporting them. And I also regard it as very important from the point of view of Donegal itself. Uh, Donegal is a very special sort of place with lots of regional problems and difficulties Therefore, it needs uh, political representation of the very highest calibre. And Taoiseach four weeks ago. Now he has his victory, and we look back at the campaign that brought it and the long-term issues it raises. The party leaders, the candidates, the supporters, and the people of Donegal, from Ballyshannon in the south to Inishon, over 100 miles away in the north. First, the candidates. The victor, Clement Coughlin, was the unanimous choice of the Fianna Fáil Convention, after Pat the Cope Gallagher and Dr Paddy Delap were persuaded that this was not their day. By-election campaign is the usual type thing where TDs, senators, party workers from all over the country move in and they help both political parties. There's a great concentration on uh, canvas, uh, but very often the candidates seem to be lost among the army of workers on both sides, either side. The, but from my own point of view, I place a lot of emphasis on actually house-to-house canvas. Dinny McGinley from Bunbeg had to fight a convention for the Fine Gael nomination. Joachim Lockery was badly placed because after the redivision of Donegal for the next general election, he'll be in the northeast constituency, and this by-election was a run-in for South West. Charlie Gallagher was judged to be less well-placed than McGinley. As you say, I'm from the Gidor area. We were used to having a TD there for many years. In fact, we were used to having two in Western Donegal, and uh, at the moment we haven't got anyone at all there. And I believe that the people of Western Donegal would like to have a representative nearer than the 60 miles they are away from them at the moment. For Neil Blaney's independent Fianna Fáil, Paddy Kelly from Falcara, a school teacher like the other two candidates you've heard, was the clear choice also because of his geographical position. We have uh, a number of Fianna Fáil supporters who have voted uh, all their lives with Fianna Fáil, but they've told me in well, no uncertain way that they're definitely voting for me this time, if it's nothing else, only a protest vote. The third Guidor man in the contest was Sinn Féin the Workers' Party's county councillor Seamus Rogers, a runner for his party in the last election and in the European election. I would think uh, general apathy, to say the least. You know, they're, they're cynical of politicians, and the promise has been made to a county like Donegal uh, since the state was founded. And uh, I don't blame people for this attitude to uh, politics. They uh, must trust politicians. The candidates, of course, fought the election on local issues, but the droves of politicians who came up from Leinster House had national affairs on their minds. So, as we know, had Sheila de Valera, who arrived in the campaign later. 
But in Donegal, it's hard to shift tradition, as Tony Gallagher of Fianna Fáil and Mandy Kelly of Fine Gael demonstrated to me as we stood on a hill overlooking Glen Swilly. Let's listen to the sound of the grassroots. Glen Swilly was always a very active political area at all times. As long as I remember, they've been talking at the chapel gate. They've got interest in politics. But uh, I think the politics may have changed a little with the the split in the fee in the fall party and the Blinney camp has made a difference, I think, in Donegal. There was a blue shirt myself. I think the same people are still in Fanagil. That we had a very, very slight swing anyway. Except that maybe some of the young people now are, we're not so sure how they're doing. But certainly, as Tony mentioned here, the Blinney split and the Fianna Fáil split helped Van Gael in the Glen here. We'll listen again to Tony Gallagher and Mandy Kelly doing their tally of the voters down in the Glen. But for the moment, we'll take to the road with the campaign. Mr. Hoy, would you like to accept this from me? Oh, thank you very much. It's not lovely. Thought you might like to frame it when you're at home. Thank you very much. I want to say, first of all, that you've heard of Cairns McGinley first-class candidate will be a first-class representative of Donegal and all air. Charlie Stone, we'll sing along with Charlie Stone, we'll march along, we'll ride and follow Charlie. Well, I can tell you something. I can tell you something. The slightest difference to you, one of the complaining candidates, Mr. Hoy's candidate wins this election. Because before the next general election, whichever of them is elected, is still going to be a member of the Fianna Fáil. Because Mr. Blaney has already made a deal with Mr. Hoy that before the next general election, they will all be back together. But who did the canvassers convert? We went to a town on the Colbrina. Wouldn't that be right, yeah? John Mulhern. John Mulhern would... John would be feeding the fall, would he? Aye, that's right. And, uh, and he hasn't and deviated own? to Blaney. Pardon? He hasn't deviated to Blaney. And I wouldn't know. I don't think so. I don't so. think so now. I don't think so. Then you have Jim Goller and you have Mickey Your Dorothy uncle. And you have the Crossens. The Crossens would be Finn Gale. Always were, as far mm-hmm. as I know. And you go on over then to the Hegarty's, and the Hegarty's would be Finn Gale. And you go then to Goller. Young, would Goller be feeling the father if I built a new house? I wouldn't be sure. Breen? On Higgerty's land. Uh, Bre- oh, Breen. 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 He's sorry. married to Goller. Right, sorry, man. Uh, I would say he would be Fianna Fáil. Mm. Then we'll go up the glen a bit farther and uh, with Mickey McGinley and the family. Mm-hmm. They were always fun again from the start and still are. Mm. And we'll cross then Tully Honor there and you see the. Mm. We're coming across the valley now, uh, yeah, over the other uh, side of it. Well, about every other house there, or either Fianna Fáil or Blaineites or Fungale, that's just a... There's two families... McFadden's there would be. They were always a business people over there. And they're always Fungales now, down the years, and still are, I would expect Still, the senior men in charge for the three big parties have to create the image. Ray McSherry, Paddy O'Toole 
and Neil Blaney. Well, there are obviously many localised issues that concern people in particular localities, but the general economic situation concerns everybody, and I think uh, nobody in Donegal, or in the country for that matter, uh, at this stage uh, underestimates the recession that the country is going through. Uh, and what we are doing in our campaign is... Uh, assuring the people that we know what the difficulties are, we understand them and we're doing what can be done to, uh, if you like, cut down on any hardship because of the recession that exists. Uh, you must remember that uh, the government at the moment is not popular in, it, in the policies it's pursuing and in the disastrous results of the policies it has pursued up to now. And while the result of this election won't make any difference to uh, the government insofar as it's still the government, it won't defeat the government, I think that if the people of Donegal are wise, they will put the government on notice that they are not happy. We don't, we don't uh, pretend that we can form an alternative government, but as a by-election, as a test of public opinion, as an opportunity to a constituency to pass its verdict, which by-elections are generally used to do, uh, this is this is the time when I think the people can come out and say, without fear of putting Fianna Fáil out for that matter even, if there were Fianna Fáil people, they can come out and vote for our man and, uh, with a clear conscience uh, and, and say, really by sending Paddy Kelly to the Doyle, uh, say to the government of today, look, unless you do better in the next 15 months, uh, you don't have any chance of being at government again. When I talked to those three directors for elections, polling day was two weeks away. It was hard enough to find much sign of interest in the election. Posters were posted and often either pulled down or blown away. The candidates knocked on doors and party leaders made their weekend visits. The ministerial mercs and Fords bounced and bumped over Donegal's inferior roads. But the people claimed they cared little. By this week, however, the hurly-burly was in full swing. Though the tinsel and glitter heightened the tension, it prepared nobody for the clear victory margin that Coughlin had. But it brought the voters out. So did, I expect, the big-name visits. Taoiseach, the leader of the opposition, and, of course, Donegal's own Neil Blaney. Many, perhaps, even saw it as the great Haughey-Blaney showdown. All three leaders, however, 
were keen to deny that one. Uh, it hasn't emerged as that at all. Uh, there hasn't that what a lot of people anticipated, indeed, what I think a lot of media were endeavouring to uh, envisage uh, a sort of a, a presidential type contest between Neil Blaney and myself, it has not emerged at all. Some of the press reporting would suggest that, but on the ground here in Donegal, it doesn't operate like that. It's a contest between Trahahi on the one side and the three anti government parties on the other. Uh, amongst whom there is a good deal of unity on the issue of being opposed to the government, though possibly not on other issues. No, I just regard it as an unfortunate happening in the sense that my late colleague Joe Brennan has passed away an untimely death, creating this by-election which has got to take place in order to fill his seat. And, uh, well, that's it. We fight the election, Fianna Fáil fights it, Fine Gael, whoever else may come along. And uh, if that's a showdown, well then it's high noon, but I don't see it as such. Be that as it may, you all know that the North impinged on this election. It had to, given that Neil Blaney's split with Fianna Fáil was over their handling of the problem. He has spoken in recent weeks about age blocks and about IRA prisoners. So I ask him if a vote for his candidate was a vote for the provisional IRA. Well, insofar as my uh, aspirations coincide, as does the aspirations of thousands and tens of thousands of our Irish people, if enunciated, uh, and that is freedom for our country and, and the uh, dispersal of the British occupation forces in every sense of the word, then, I mean, if that's, if that's provisional, that's okay. That's my view. That's their view. It's the view of tens of thousands of others. So I don't see why it should be applied in that, in that particular way. But if people want to apply it in that way, there's nothing I can do about it, and I'm not going to try to do anything about it, except to keep pushing that view that Brits must get out of this country. And, of course, Sheila de Valera's H-block speech and her attack on Margaret Thatcher was grist to the Blaney Mill, as we heard in Carrigart on Monday night. Then we would be less than straightforward if we didn't say here tonight that we backed it and that we will continue to back them and anybody else who thinks likewise in a matter such as this. And if that happens to agree in full with what Sheila de Valera said on a Fianna Foil platform in Letterkenny on Saturday night, can you fault us for that? Can you fault her for it? Because it is true what you said on Saturday night. So very true. So true that many people, some of whom I met as far away as Annegray on Sunday morning, were delighted that they had gone to Letterkenny, that they had heard from their party platform that which they believe in, and were rubbing their hands, feeling that really now it had been said. Only when I said to them, did you hear the news this morning? And they said what was on it. I said Sheila's speech has been disowned. Miss de Valera was rebuked by her party, which formally disassociated itself from her views. When I spoke to the Taoiseach on Sunday, he had nothing further to say about her speech, but he had a comment about the North. We have our policy. Uh, we have put, defended it uh, as a constructive, coherent policy and approach to the North, uh, and I don't think we have been seriously challenged on that on that policy. Well, Neil Blaney has talked consistently about, about prisoners uh, in, in all sorts of, of, of jails. Uh, do you see that as not being an issue? 
uh, the the H block. Uh, Not just the H block, but also Armagh, also Britain. Yes, he he's concerned about uh, that, and so is everybody else. Uh, I think they, they, there would be a very real anxious concern uh, in our ranks, in our party, particularly the members of our party in Donegal, who, who, as I say, have very close associations with Derry and Derry City, uh, and people who would be involved in the H-block and the prison situation, and are very conscious and aware of what's happening. Uh, and there would be, uh, in our ranks, uh, at all levels, a very uh, great anxiety to see some uh, improvement in the situation, some solution to the situation. I said uh, on a number of occasions that this uh, present H-block situation has brought a very, uh, has brought a, a renewed uh, element of uh, tension uh, and a danger of confrontation and violence. And it's in everybody's interest, every responsible person must uh, hope that some solution will be found to this impasse which exists at present. The Taoiseach's northern policy may indeed not have been challenged, but Gareth Fitzgerald gave his views on other Fianna Fáil attitudes to a Churchgate meeting in Glenties. A few extra things I want to say before Tommy will return. One of them relates to a speech made last night by Chief Devalera in Letter Kenny. A speech report this morning on the radio as many of you will have heard. I want to point out that it is significant that speaking after Sheila de Valera last night in Letter Kenny, after hearing her speech on the same platform, a speech which clearly implies incitement to violence, the Bishop Mr. Hoy did not find it appropriate to comment on or contradict what she had said. This morning, in a panic reaction to the damage done by their leader's failure to react, we in the fall of issued a belated repudiation of what Sheila de Valera said. We've now got apparently four in the fall parties. There's the high party, not the biggest either, I think. There's the um, colleague O'Malley party, the Blaney party, and now it's the Sheila de Valera party. Well, if we can all go on our party together somewhere, let us, let us get on running the country. Disputes raged on Sunday about the possible effects of the de Valera speech on the Fianna Fáil vote. It would lose them votes. It would gain them votes. The Donegal people are a peaceable people. They are northerners with a close affection for their neighbours across the border. But there's an ambivalence in many when ways and means of reunification of the country are discussed. And my Tuppensworth would say that the speech may even have brought Fianna Fáil a net gain. Something else that was aimed at holding or winning votes was the invitation to former Taoiseach Jack Lynch to address a couple of after-mass meetings. At Ardera, he left his audience in no doubt about the importance of this poll. You have been told, I'm certain, all over Donegal, here in Ardera, that the outcome of the next by-election next uh, Thursday is going to be a very important one, and it may well affect, indeed it's most likely to affect, the outcome of the next general election. That may be in a year, it may be in 18 months. Maybe even within six months, uh, nobody knows yet. But it will have a very positive bearing on the outcome of that general election. And I think the people of Donegal will keep in their minds that fact. Mr Lynch went on to speak at some length about the Labour Party's go-it-alone policy decided at Cork. The question is still asked. Did he feel his views on some other matters may have been more controversial? Well... 
Let's leave the politicians for a moment and meet two of the specific interest groups in Donegal. Fishermen first. Killy Beggs is the biggest fishing port in the country. It now boasts a couple of £2 million trawlers. I stood on one of them as it emptied its catch and spoke to fisherman Richard Daly and fisherman's leader Joey Murren about the election. The only thing we see of it is the cavalcade of Mercedes travelling through the town when we were working. And it puts us off a bit. It's a bit off-putting in that we're working under conditions that aren't exactly suitable for our job and we've been listening to the promises given by these same men over the years and we're still working under these conditions. Well, I remember the time when there were election here, you know, that and, and the fishermen, the boats would actually come in to vote. I mean, the boats would actually come back to port to vote, like, you know, but there never would see something like that happening now. There'd never be no desire for a fisherman or for the skipper of a boat to head back to port so that the crew could vote, like, you know, there, there's no interest of that nature. I suppose the people in the town itself will vote because uh, if you don't vote, I suppose you can't really criticise or you, you, it's not fair to criticise afterwards. You, I mean, you must use a, the democratic process that's available to you. There are many people who will vote in the town, but there's no way that fishermen will come back and see the vote. And then there's uranium mining. Some are for it and some are against it, but it didn't really become an issue at all until one of the mining companies prospecting the area gave money to each of the four parties. They all returned it, but it gave a boost to the anti-Uranian people who tried to canvass the politicians. I spoke to some of them in the bar of the Glenties Hotel where they met Gareth Fitzgerald. I think that uh, it was an honest reaction on the part of Seamus Rogers to expose the situation. And I would welcome the fact that apparently all the political parties sent back the money. As regards the companies justification of the offer on the grounds of a contribution towards democracy. One can only say about that the indiscriminate turning over of money to uh, politicians to reflect or to allow them or to get them to favour uranium prospecting. When the, when the function of politicians is to reflect uh, local opinion on the subject and to uphold democracy is to be deplored, that's all I can say about it. The Taoiseach's own experience in Donegal has convinced him that uranium mining is not an issue. Certainly it, in, in my campaign it didn't surface as any sort of a general movement uh, of the people. Uh, it was confined, as I say, in most areas, most villages and towns to one or two people who approached uh, you about it. Well, in Glenties uh, or uh, Fintown or Dukery, it's obviously more important than in... Yes, but again, now in Glenties now, I, I spent a lot of time in Glenties, met an awful lot of the people in Glenties, uh, and just one person spoke to me about it there. He was the chairman of the of the anti-mining uh, anti uh, organisation. He was the only one who spoke to me, approached me about it. So you that think that it's itself. That it's not an issue... I couldn't, would not prefer to say it's not an issue. I think it's something that uh, is in a lot of people's minds, but it hasn't assumed any sort of concrete form as an election issue on this occasion at any rate. Is it something which has given you pause for thought, at least that it has come up in terms of the payments to, to, to candidates or the attempted payments? To well, no, that, I think, was a damp squib. Uh, the, the, the fact that a company would send money... Uh, and admitted to all the political parties would seem to be to be set defeating uh, if they were trying to bring undue influence on in any party uh, and, uh, about the issue. 
the fact that they would send it to all the parties, I think, would be was a bit uh, silly uh, on their part from that point of view. So I, I think that was a bit of a damn squib. Mr. Hawhey's view was not shared by Dr. Fitzgerald. It is an issue, yes. Uh, it's undoubtedly an issue in the election. There is a, a very deep and widespread concern, not confined to the immediate area, as to the possible effects uh, of uranium exploration, drilling or mining. Um, and uh, we have said, and I said this in Dunlow when I was here in June, and the issue was raised first with me at that time, uh, that we would oppose any activity of that kind until and unless it is shown that it can, can be done safely. Uh, the evidence I have received since then, in particular the evidence in the uh, Journal of the Institute of Industrial Research and Standards Technology, uh, suggests that it cannot or is not being done safely at the present time, and the evidence from other countries is negative. And on that basis, we would certainly be opposed to this uh, until and unless um, the necessary steps are taken to ensure it can be done safely. Well, the election wasn't won or lost on uranium mining anyway. How far indeed did any of the issues that seem important to interest groups impinge on the voters' minds? No doubt the electors were conscious of them, but when they went to the polls, they remembered that Donegal is a Fianna Fáil county, with a big Fine Gael support, admittedly, but a Fianna Fáil county. Mandy Kelly and Tony Gallagher up there on the hill above Glenswilly could probably have predicted it correctly from the outset. When you come across any Tully Honor, Mandy, you know... Well, they're just the same. There's a lot of, uh, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of blennies there now. Mm. A good few houses of them now. Mm. How do you boys get to know these things? How do you know what way everybody votes? Because, say for example, in Dublin, sure, I wouldn't know what my neighbours do well, at we're all. We're going about here this last what, forty-five years, man. Between mm. I may be living in the town, but my people are all from this area. You know, like I'm out and in, like in, I do know them well. You know. Uh, and Mandy has been out here, and we know, we know them. We know like two generations of them now, or three nearly of them. We know we know them that way from. Well, I've been in the school over here, the our new school, community school. And there are about two hundred and ten voters, and and the last two elections, I had the register, and as, as they came in, I ticked them off, and I was uh, three wrong the last time, and two doubtful. Another time I was two wrong and one doubtful because we know by the people, we know the locals, we know by the people. I know when they come into the booth there, if they're Fan Gael, they'll look at me first and they'll smile and if they're Fianna Fáil, they'll go to the Fianna Fáil man and if they're Blaineage, they'll have a better smile. <laughs> well, look, do any of these people change at all? I mean, could, could, could we have stood here... 30 years ago and could we stand here in 30 years time and have exactly the same conversation about all these people all around or does anybody change very little they may change as Tony mentioned there uh, you know for their bread and butter they may get a new house or they may get uh, maybe a lane tart or something like that and they'll change for whatever TD or whatever county council has done that for them for maybe one year, but they're right back to their old voting again, as far as I have the experience of. And would there be a lot of people, or any people around this place now, who, who uh, have got something from a political party and therefore are prepared to vote for them? Oh, they would. They would. 
Well, that means the government must kind of win, mustn't it? It's a, it tends to be whatever party's in government that's able to do things for people. Well, but you're not sure sometimes uh, in government because sometimes yeah, the opposition uh, to the party that's in power can get as much done as, as the, the TD that is in power. Well, that's right. It, depend, it depends a lot, on, on, I think, on a good work on TD that's prepared to work for the people and and, and work hard. I think it, it counts. And the people are, are going a little bit that. I think voting's changing. I said the last time here, six years ago, that they were changing. Uh, my, general, my feeling is, at the present time, that they're changing more. The bitterness has left it. I think the bitterness started back, as I said before, in 21, because I could quote an example, and Mandy would remember this well, what a uh, clergyman in here, Father Griffin, going back, I suppose, 25 years or so, and I remember him before an election saying, uh, go out and vote. He says, go out and vote, I advise you to go out and vote. But he said, for God's sake, don't be trying to drive your politics down another fella's throat. But go out and vote. <laughs> you know, like it was, it was bitter at that stage, you know. But it's changing, it's changing now for what people can get out of it. I mean, if that's part no, of it. But our politics in the Glen are not changing, Tony. Well, uh, I think they're changing a little all over. I can take and point them out now since I... <laughs> Since the days of the blue shirts, and the, they're still there. Well, but any of those we're more friendly now. We weren't friendly then, right enough. Uh, this is, you know, it was tough then. Well, would any of those Finnegan people say? Would any of them have have veered for even one election and voted for Fianna Fáil because they got a roof in their house or saved from the floods or whatever? Well, I think maybe the Fan Gael, to tell the mm. truth now, we might be the bitterest, uh, to be honest with you. Uh, we got it hard here in the Glen, and uh, we're still stuck. I think that's why we're so, you know what, we don't change. I think we're still stuck to our voting system and keeping, mm. keeping with Fan Gael. I think there's something that I don't agree with that's making people vote maybe more now for what they get done. Apparently now the system is, and as I say, I don't agree with the system, that uh, you, you write to to the department for to get a house built or to get a road hard or something that you need, what you're justified in getting that you should get through the proper channels. But it doesn't seem to be of any effect at all to either go to your county council TD or someone in power which I think is all wrong at the, at the end of the day if you're not getting a fair do I think you should have to go to your local representative that's what you put them there for but I think uh, apparently it sounds to me like it, you'd get nothing from civil servants it may not be their fault I dare say it isn't their fault if you don't go through a elected representative irrespective of but what, sure what you love that. You're, you're, you're a member of the urban district council and you love people coming to you and saying, can you get me this or get me that, don't you? I do, but I, th- I think then, what about the, the person that is prepared to, to lie low and, and look for things from a just point of view that he should get them through the proper channels without having to go to me or any other person like me? Certainly, if he's in difficulty, he should go to some, you know, if he's not getting it. But there's legislation laid down where people are entitled to certain things given by the mm. state. And I think that, that, that the state, the officials and the, and the civil servants should be fit to give these things to these people without having to go 
through your representative. They tell me there are a lot of road repairs being carried out in Donegal at the moment. Well, if there are, maybe the election has done that for the county. We heard too, after the count, that Neil Blaney says that Fianna Foyle's repudiation of Sheila de Valera's speech means he can't ever see himself rejoining the party he left in 1973. Were either of those the issues which brought so many to the polls? Or was it just because so many politicians told the electors how important this election was? Politicians speaking as Senator Paddy McGowan did in Bally Buffet. Ladies and gentlemen, we are involved in a very serious by-election. Most of you know by now just how serious that is. Unfortunately, the untimely death of Joe Brennan have left us that we are fighting a bitter campaign, not only for Donegal, but this is a national campaign that has been fought in Donegal. We and Donegal realise its importance and we hope to respond to that important occasion. And on polling day they came out, only 5% fewer of them than in 1977. They came out in the towns and in the villages, and to the isolated polling booths like Kilday's house at Curravaddy, above Letterkenny. I think the uh, most active party workers will be driving people to vote. Almost everybody that's come to vote here so far has been taken in a car, and that's certainly different from Dublin. They know where they live, they know who the people are, what time would suit them to come to vote. So they know when to go actually when to the to house. Go. Yeah. This morning we had a lot of elderly people voting. I believe we won't have very many more now until after tea when the younger people will come out to vote and the farmers. And this of course is the rural constituency, most people are working on the land, so they won't be able to vote until after they have milked the cows or whatever. How you doing? Don't worry. Who you going to vote for? What? Is it up there who you going to vote for? No secrecy about the No secrecy. Never, never do things secrecy. Well, we have plenty of local problems now. We have, uh, look at them roads and all potholes now. Oh, there. Very bad. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah, there's, bad. Yeah, there's a scandal. Farther down as you can be the town there at fourth. Now, no doubt. So what's your prediction for the election result? Paddy Kelly to top the poll. There's not a lot of people who go along with you there, are there? Maybe not, but I'm hopeful. You have to keep the faith? Oh, yes. It's going to be very tight, very close, but I think he'll make it. But, of course, it wasn't and he didn't. On the day, it was Fianna Fáil and Clement Cochran from early morning, even though it took till nine in the evening for the formal declaration of his victory. The state of the poll at the end of the third count is now as follows. Cochran, 29,219. Four thousand and eighty five, two four zero eight five. The quota was thirty thousand and thirty nine votes, three zero zero three nine votes. There are only two continuing candidates, none of whom has reached the quota. I now deem the continuing candidate with the highest number of votes, namely Clement Cotton, elected. Yeah.
The reasons for victory and defeat are many. Charlie Hawhey's personal campaign and canvas, Clem Coughlin's experience and exposure on the county council, his personal appeal, his geographical position in the south of the county. And for Fine Gael's defeat, their candidate's lack of a previous run, even for the council, the apparent lack of a Fine Gael presence in the far north, their failure to attack Coughlin on his own doorstep. Those and many more are the reasons. But... Clem Cochran probably isn't analysing. The Inverse school teacher is thinking now about what he wants to contribute in the Doyle. I think that, you know, from the can- campaign and from my tour around, I'm aware certainly of all the local problems in relation, relation to roads and housing and so forth. But I think that there's one area that there must be a greater commitment to, and that's to the young people. There are very many young people who are very well educated. They wish to be well educated and they would like to be facilitated in, in uh, having a first class education. They also demand and they're entitled to a job. And uh, they, there's no good in standing up on election platforms and saying, well, we have this target and we have that target and we have other target. What we need in Donegal is factories, jobs, employment for the young people because the majority of young people they don't want anything more than just to be able to live, to have a week's pay, to enjoy themselves and to just pay their part in, play their part in society. And you know, very many of them that I met are only too willing to help and assist and they have an awful lot to contribute. And I think that they're very important people for the future. Because for the first time ever, we have a growing cop- uh, uh, proof of it has been the recent census, the increase in our population. And we can't run away from that fact. It's there and it has to be catered for. No doubt two school teachers and one trade union official Mr Cochrane defeated will watch carefully to see if the victor does try to cater for all that. There are three seats up for grabs in the new Donegal South West sometime within the next year and a half. And while Deputy Cochrane ponders on how to make an impact in Dublin, the traffic jams in the towns of Donegal, the razzmatazz of the election are just a memory.